Hi, everybody. Ron Chira here. I'm your host for the Minnesota Bound podcast today. And our topic is going to be uh, well, all about fish or how to have better fishing in Minnesota. I'm talking about Minfish Organization. And my guest to talk about that is Gary Leaf, who uh, is our legislative guru, so to speak. Gary, welcome to the Minnesota Bound podcast. Well, thanks for having me on, Ron. Well, listen, uh, in full disclosure, uh, you know, I was among the group that started MNFISH, MN-FISH, a few years ago, and uh, I'm still the president. I don't know how that happened, but, and Gary, you are on the board, so at least everybody knows what's going on here, but you play a very special role with Minnesota Bond uh, and the foundation as well as the coalition because you deal with the, the, our legislative efforts here. But let's go back, Gary. Uh, why did a bunch of us, in your words, decide that Minnesota needed a minfish, an organization representing anglers? Well, I think the main reason is if you take a look at the uh, wild wildlife groups that are present and uh, have a presence at the Capitol, we've got a couple of groups for deer. We've got a couple of groups, or now one, but a couple for waterfowl. We've got pheasant and upland hunting uh, groups, grouse. Um, a whole range of different groups. There's some representation for fishing, trout, muskie, and a couple of those. Um, but even uh, the most popular game species in the state, the walleye, um, didn't really have any specific representation. And it, uh, it became apparent to a lot of people that, that that might be not the best thing, not to have uh fishing interests more broadly uh, represented at the Capitol and to try to find out or originally look, take a look, serious look at how is the funding uh, for fisheries related that affects the everyday angler? How is that working and how well is it working and what do we need to uh, uh, do to improve that? You know, I think it would surprise a lot of Minnesota anglers who buy fishing licenses uh, if they knew, um, I think maybe short change isn't the right word, but if they knew, for example, that our walleye hatcheries have had very little uh, money uh, from the legislature to upgrade them, if they knew very few uh, uh, boat accesses were being fixed or repaired or new ones put in, uh, even though they're, they pay boat registration fees, I think we, we, we found out a lot of things, some of it uh, not particularly exciting news for anglers. And you would think, Gary, as I did, that in a state like Minnesota, where fishing is such a huge economic boost that our legislators would be more concerned with it on top of it. But that's not the way it works. No, um, I guess the adage, the squeaky wheel uh, gets the grease. Um is, you know, applicable here. Uh, the reality is, is that the political system, the legislative system, even the DNR per se, has so many uh, interests uh, at hand, certainly the legislature, they have thousands of bills introduced in the House and the Senate and so on, and other priorities, whatever they may be, and they may be very important priorities, um, basically got put ahead of and I think what happened is that fishing and anglers and so on kind of took it for granted uh, that those issues were being taken care of. But if we take a look at public accesses, they really haven't had an advocacy group per se. Uh, 
uh, from the sources we've got in almost 20 years. So the individual accesses around the state, um, you know, they're going to require maintenance. They're going to require improvement, their infrastructure. You know, they you can't just build them once and they're done. Um, and same with the fish hatcheries, some of which go back to, you know, the late, 18, or late 1800s, uh, that those also uh, need repairs. And the hatcheries are, bu- uh, you know, above and beyond uh, the system uh, of natural reproduction and in certain areas, let's say Minneapolis and St. Paul, we found out that almost every walleye or every fish that's caught within the metro area is a product of a fish hatchery. Well, uh, you're right. I think most, you know, we tend to tend to spend too much time waiting for a barber to go down, I think. And we, do, we don't pay enough attention to uh, to legislative issues or whatever. And I'm always reminded, Gary, I've told this story before, but before there was a menfish, there was an organization uh, called uh, uh, Minnesota Sports uh, something like that. And um, they were around for, I remember writing about them when I wrote for the paper. They were about their formation, and then they were around for less than 10 years. And I'll never forget the headline when they said they were folding their tent and going away. And that is, the headline said, "A, the A in anglers stands for apathy. And so uh, I've been concerned that uh, we have great goals at Menfish, but how do we get fishermen excited about what we're trying to do? Well, there's a couple of different things. I mean, if you take a look at um, the way uh, it, it, things happen at the uh, Minnesota State Capitol, there's groups, for example, the Minnesota Snowmobilers Association, the Minnesota ATB Association. And these, a lot of these groups uh, are really uh, industry uh, coalitions uh, where the businesses that are involved um are actively involved. Um, you know, they're full time. You know, obviously, fishing uh, helps certain Minnesota businesses that are in that industry. Um, so we've kind of taken a little bit different approach by not just in talking to the everyday angler, but um, a lot of our board members and a lot of the people that uh, ha- ha- have been involved. Um, once they found out that fishing really wasn't necessarily a priority by the legislature or governors or and, and even at times it's, it appears to be the DNR uh, that was really the uh, part that's really helped us that we've uh, a number of the businesses that are involved uh, or it may not directly even be related um, to their industry we've got you know groups that are involved in the ice fishing industry pushing for boat accesses and we've got lure manufacturers that are pushing for boat accesses so it may or may not directly relate to them but it's all about um, trying to put in place uh, the infrastructure and the needed resources um, to optimize them uh, for the next generations uh, of anglers to come. So it's a little bit different than the way we did it in the past. There's more industry involvement this time. I think that gives a, a standing to it and they're brands that people know and trust. And, and there are also issues that I think the everyday angler, such as public boat accesses, fish hatcheries, we're looking at improving um, shoreline uh, fishing opportunities. Uh, those are circumstances where a lot of anglers um, use fishing piers and so on, and may or may not even own a boat. 
Um, so it's it's strategically targeting what are the key some of the key resources necessary to keep people fishing. You know, you would think um, again. Uh, you tend to assume things. Minnesota, I just saw a figure. Minnesota ranks fourth in the nation among states for generating a fishing economy. It's huge. Um, that's, you know, everything from boats to fishing tackle to resorts. I mean, it's, it's huge. Fourth largest in the nation. You would think, you would think that our Minnesota lawmakers and others would be aware of this and want to make sure that we maintain it. But as you, as we've talked about, that's not uh, the way it goes. Uh, Gary, I'm going to take a short break here and we're going to talk some more about um, your role at uh, MenFish and uh, how to contact MenFish. But first, a word from Thousand Hills Lifetime Graze and North Dakota Tourism. Thousand Hills Lifetime Grazed Beef. Grass-fed Beef right here in Minnesota, you know. We make a career talking about clean water, native habitat, and some of the best environmental practices. That's exactly why I'm so excited about Thousand Hills. You know, it is locally raised beef done differently. You see, Thousand Hills uses what is called regenerative agriculture to raise their cattle. Those beef cows, they graze in fields of wild grasses, and they move between a lot of different fields of grass. It is a sustainable ecosystem free of synthetic fertilizers and chemical herbicides. It's a system of agriculture that promotes clean water, natural grasses, and the best beef you've tasted. It's beef raised the right way. You can check out Thousand Hills Lifetime Grazed Grass-Fed Beef to understand their regenerative agricultural practices and fall in love with Thousand Hills Beef. Another of our great sponsors, North Dakota Tourism. And you need to start planning your fall bird hunt in North Dakota at legendarynd.com. North Dakota right now is home to more than 800,000 plots hunting acres. Plots, that is private land that is open to public hunting. The plots guides, they show you exactly where all that land hides. Right now, North Dakota's ringneck crowing counts, they're up like 15% this year. The state is also home to an estimated 2.9 million breeding ducks. It is an absolute outdoor oasis. Bag your limit this fall in North Dakota. Visit legendarynd.com. Well, welcome back to Minnesota Bound Podcast. I'm Ron Shira, and my guest today, Gary Leaf who is a board member of an organization called Men Fish, M-N-Fish. And uh, Gary, again, uh, welcome back to the show. You you uh, play a big role in our legislative efforts, but you have a uh, you have some experience there because you were instrumental in um, getting the legacy amendment through the legislature. Uh, that, that was a big job. Well done. Yeah, that was, uh, uh, you know, a 10-year effort um, that went into, you know, con- basically constitutionally dedicated, dedicated funds. And also, uh, there were certain limitations placed on the money, let's say, from the uh, Lassard Council or the Clean Water Fund. And you have to have some level of uh, strings attached or limitations, otherwise the money... Uh, could be actually spent in unconstitutional ways or certainly ways in which uh, people that had voted for it uh, would say, I don't really understand how, how that's being spent that way in that particular manner. 
And a lot of it, let's say on the Lassard Council, is being spent for a broad category of wildlife. How does that relate to fishing? Well, there are some fishing-related projects in there, um, such as uh, restoration of uh, natural reproduction spawning grounds along uh, lakes and so on and so forth. But it's a very hard, um, as you can imagine, finding areas on lakes, especially popular lakes, that you can improve the habitat on for fish populations is not easy, and it's really expensive. So you could you could take, for example, if you do one of these fishing-related projects, spend millions on it. Two, three, four million dollars is not uncommon for a project to be spent, or money to be spent on for a standalone wildlife-related project. That's more than the entire budget is spent on walleye stocking in the state, just as a uh, by way of comparison. Um, and certain other things, such as uh, uh, fi- improvements to fishing ramps, that would have to come from a different form of fund. So even though those funds, and there's also the lottery, a lot of those funds are spent on, on outdoor-related projects, uh, for example. You may or may not be able to spend them on a certain fishing-related assets. And um, that's what we're doing is, is, is attempting to focus on what are the most important assets to anglers and what can we do that makes a, a difference. And it's, gonna, it's not going to be something that can be done in one year. It's going to take an ongoing effort. Well, the work, as they say, is just beginning, and um, and minfish hopefully is not going to go away, Gary. And uh, uh, just so we make sure folks know how to reach us, in case you're interested, our website is mn-fish.com, and uh, that'll tell you a little bit of everything. And you can join free, uh, or you can just be a supporter. Uh, really what we're looking for are your emails. Um because, uh, Gary, you can explain how this is going to work. When we get into the legislative session now, uh, asking for money, bonding money, for example, for walleye hatcheries and bonding money for public accesses, as that bill, those bills start moving to the legislature, what will happen from Menfish, Gary? Well, basically, um, uh, you know, we'll have a lobbying uh, operation at the Capitol uh, to make sure that uh, – uh, leadership and a lot of the legislators, frankly, some of them uh, that we that have been talked to in the past have told us that um, they've been looking for a fishing group. They've had to fish their own questions from their constituents on what's going on in their districts regarding fishing. Uh, so now we'll have you know legal representation, professional representation at the Capitol, uh, so legislators uh, have a place to ask questions about the issues and also. Uh, so that we've got a way of saying, look, you know, there's a lot of funding priorities coming in this year, and there's there's a lot of money, and there's going to be a big debate about taxes, uh, money going back, and uh, uh, tax refunds or expenditures or whatever that. We don't really play a role in that. What we do is play a role in in trying to make sure that the fishing-related investments, whatever they may be, uh, are prioritized and ha- have get a fair hearing and um, – Hopefully that will lead to uh, new funding opportunities and improvements and and things that people see like public boat accesses. Can anglers who through minfish, if we alert them, can they can they have a, a can they be a force in this? Absolutely, if they and you know the, people maybe listening may even know who their local representative is. If they go to the you know the minfish website or what they can do is email or call 
their legislator and say, I'm, uh, you know, supporting fishing uh, that uh, issues that Minfish is uh, supporting, uh, let's say public access or whatever, just to tell them that I support the Minfish issues. Uh, as simple as that, uh, we'll just, um, um, you know, have some level of a message getting through to legislators and they do listen to the ordinary citizen, but they may or may not be getting any messaging on, on fishing um, or that, you know, they'd like to see some improvements or funding or whatever. So that could definitely help. Well, I think that was the crux of the issue is um, uh, a lot of us didn't respond to anything. Well, in some ways, there was nothing to respond to. There was no uh, effort. I mean, DNR in past has asked for money for improved hatcheries, but uh, they often don't ask for much and they often don't get any. Uh, I think the legislators just say, well, it's just another state agency was their handout. And they maybe don't hear from any angler saying, hey, we got to fix this hatchery or whatever. So it, it just dies because, as you mentioned earlier, the squeaky wheel gets the grease. Yeah, that's it. That's exactly right. I mean, all of the projects um, that get funding and especially the way uh, it works this year with capital investment, each legislator, it's basically structured so that a super majority of votes are required to get any any funding for 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 projects, each legislator will be looking for projects in their district, which would will include, you know, like bridges and schools and so on and so forth, that type of infrastructure. But along with that can be in a lot of districts, certainly public accesses are almost in every county in the state of Minnesota, except for just a couple. So every county has got legislators that have people that own boats in that county or, uh, use their local public accesses. And they certainly, if you look at the licensing data for anglers statewide, it's dispersed throughout the state. Um, there really isn't many counties in the state that th- doesn't have a pretty strong presence of anglers there. So the odds are very high that um, the legislators will have anglers, boat owners, and so on in their districts, but they uh, maybe haven't heard from them, or it might be a good way. The other time, the other way it works is a lot of times legislators contact people in their district and, and ask about uh, certain issues, and a real voice to it, people that uh, matter, um, still works very strongly uh, with regard to uh, legislation by the ordinary person saying, "Hey, I support this because it it, it has an effect." Let's say on the kids, gets the kids out fishing. We had a record year. Um, you know, um, regarding fishing license sales, that type of thing. Uh, well, people people may be looking for this kind of thing like that. We're chatting with Gary Leaf. Uh, he's on the Minfish board, and he's also kind of heads up the legislative efforts of Minfish. Uh, Gary, I can hear some folks saying, "Okay, well, is Minfish are you are you a bunch of Republicans? Or are you a bunch of Democrats? Or, I mean, you know, um, uh, how many of you guys on the board?" You famous fishermen, you get paid. Is you, you know, I'm using my money to put in your pocket. Uh, how do you answer those people, Gary? Well, uh, the, fir- the first one is on the partisanship. There's no question that everybody sees it on the news all the time. It's probably gotten to a level that's unimaginable uh, versus 20, 30 years ago. But the, I don't know of a single public boat ramp that's a Republican or a single public, ac- uh, public access that's a Democrat. I don't know of any hatcheries that's a Democrat. I don't know of any hatcheries that are a, are a Republican. So, and same with walleyes. They're pretty hard to identify those. So, so we've deliberately um, uh, 
looked at key assets that certainly don't have anything to do with politics. They just have to do with they need a voice. Um, and uh, that's one one piece of it. The second piece of it is is that all the, none of the board members are are compensated, and it's an all volunteer group uh, of people uh, that wanted to get involved in this and saw it once they knew some of the facts, decided that they should get involved in it. So it's nothing uh, uh, to do with uh, getting accolades or or getting money for themselves or anything like that. It's, it's really to try to make a difference for the uh, improvement in fishing in comparison to every, you know, other wildlife-related activities uh, for the best interests of uh, the next generation of anglers. I'll just add to that. We have one paid uh, part-time employee, so to speak. Uh, Chip Lear is our executive director, part-time, uh, 20 hours a, a week, and uh, he, he does get uh, paid, but the rest of us, uh, as you said, are are voluntary, and um, and that's right. There's just, there's no Republican or Democrat way to to um, manage fish, as far as most of us are concerned. Gary, I'm going to take another short break here. We get back, we'll continue our conversation about uh, men fish and the role you play and the role we hope to achieve in the upcoming legislative session. Now a word. From Minnesota Propane Association. Did you know that a propane gas furnace lifespan averages 20 years, while electric heat pumps only last 14 years? And propane furnaces work in all temperatures while delivering warm and consistent heat to your home. Why buy two heating systems when one propane furnace can do it all? It lasts longer, works better, and it costs less. These things and more are done with propane today. The right energy right now. Hi there, Ron Shera here for Star Bank. If you're putting your money into mega banks down the street, who knows where that money's being used? Bank locally. Keep your money local with a community bank that actually cares about you, your family, your business, and your goals. Check out the bank we use at Minnesota Bound. Try Minnesota's own Star Bank. You can find them online at starbank.net. When you call Starbank, you actually hear a real living person answering the phone. Starbank has 10 convenient locations around Minnesota to serve you and all the mobile banking products that you need to manage your money. Check out all that Starbank has to offer at starbank.net. Hey, I'm really picky when it comes to my drinking water, and I have the reverse osmosis drinking water system from Connecticut, and I love it. It takes out contaminants in the water, it removes chlorine, and most important, it tastes great, which is the one thing I'm probably most picky on is how does my water taste. So having Kinetico also means that I use less plastic water bottles, which we all know is a definite bonus for our environment. For more information, visit Kinetico.com to find a dealer near you. Welcome back to our final segment here of the Minnesota Bound podcast. My Ron Shera here, my guest today, Gary Leaf, who is on the board of the MinFish, MN-FISH organization. Uh, Gary, again, we're trying to get some bonding money this year in the legislative session, bonding money for fix up our walleye hatcheries, bonding money uh, for public accesses. Do you have any idea uh, kind of what kind of bonding money we're asking for? And I just saw on the other day, uh, University of Minnesota just asked for a cool $1 billion. They're not bashful at all. Uh, what are we going to ask for? Slightly less than $1 billion, I would recommend. <laughs> just slightly. Yeah. Um, that th Those are... Those are numbers you only see thrown around in the, the world of government, I guess. Um, but still, the the amount of money needed for let, let's use 
fish hatcheries, for example, uh, they come in around 50 to 60 million, somewhere closer to 60 million. The last time that they were assessed in, in three years ago, 2018. Uh, but what's happened is, is that the cost of living or inflation has occurred since then. So you're really looking at a, a number closer to 70 million. Now, on fish hatcheries to restore them, like I was mentioning in the other segment, some of these fish hatcheries go back to the late 1800s. I mean, they've been around a long time and um, they need to be, uh, you know, brought up to speed for a lot of different reasons uh, or investments made for a lot of a lot of different reasons. So that number is going to be closer to, let's say, 70, 70, over 70 million. And, um, but we may or may not uh, ask, certainly we won't probably ask for all of that or uh, ask for, uh, you know, moved out over a couple of years or whatever it may be, but we're going to try to get as close as we can. Also on uh, fish at, or on public voting accesses, those haven't been funded for significantly in the last 20 years. So they're looking at, um, an annual amount uh, going towards those that might maybe in the 20 to $30 million a year range. Um, and that once that's established, we'll have to make sure that that money is allocated, uh, that they're fi- fixing the, you know, some of the thousands of uh, boat accesses in the state of Minnesota. And I, I'm certain that if anybody's listening to their, our podcast, that if they have been at some of the po- uh, public boat accesses, they may or may not uh, be that happy with them. And maybe those are ones in which that are on the uh, plan for repair. And we're just trying to make sure that it does get the funding so that the repairs on those accesses or those fish hatcheries, uh, you know, is is accomplished within this next legislative session. Some of it anyway. Yeah, indeed. Um, So I know you're probably not a betting man, but I'm going to ask you uh, to make a bet. Do you think mint fish will get? some of this, if not all of this in the, um, in the bonding final bonding bill? Well, I don't, yeah, I'm not a fan, real big fan of making forecasts. Uh, I'd rather <laughs> over deliver, over deliver and under promise than the reverse, uh, yeah. over promise and under deliver. Well, um, this is, this is new ground for fishing organizations. And I mean, you've been active. I mean, you, you kind of know the, the way of the life over there in St. Paul. And that's why we're so pleased to have you on board of our, on, on our board. But um, I think maybe because we're new and we have two projects that are, are apple pie and motherhood that uh, we should get some traction anyway. Oh, I don't think there's any question. And like I said, uh, some of the legislative feedback we've gotten in the last couple of years uh, we did a bill, uh, Minfish did, on uh, to improve um, or get some grants out to the state high school fishing leagues. Uh, they really liked that, were receptive to that. Um, and that was metro legislators and outstate legislators. Um, and I think as they become more and more aware that, hey, there's a group that represents fishing. I mean, a lot of the legislators themselves fish. Uh, and they may may not have known, may not even know that the fish hatchery system hasn't been funded that uh, strongly in the last number of years, or the public accesses need funding, that type of thing like that. So, if I was to guess, I would say that I think we'll do pretty good because number one, we have you know one out of three, one out of four Minnesota uh, residents uh, fish. They may not fish every day and may not have the most expensive boats and so on and so forth, but it's still an indicator that uh, that's 
uh, way of life here in Minnesota, a popular activity in Minnesota. It's statewide, including in Minneapolis and St. Paul and the surrounding uh, seven-county metro area. There's a lot of fishing that goes on. So I think that we're going to do um, uh, pretty good and probably better than what, uh, you know, uh, people on our board probably even, you know, expected or hoped for or whatever because uh, it has gone on, uh, unrecognized or, uh, you know, there hasn't been a, a group supporting these type of things before, um, especially on the fish hatcheries. I don't know if there ever was a group really behind pushing for uh, a broad array of fish hatcheries. On a select one, yes, maybe a regional one, maybe but not uh, on a statewide basis and looking at how that funding is uh, necessary to keep that going. So I think we're going to do pretty good. Well, I wish you luck. I wish me luck, too, on that, too. But uh, getting off that topic a second, Gary, um, uh, Minfish is um, always interested in other issues involving fishing. Uh, We kind of, we don't try to pretend we're fish managers, but we kind of keep a critical eye on on how some of our lakes are being managed, um, uh, Mille Lacs being one, et cetera. We do have some board members like Tommy Neustrom, who is very active uh, in uh, uh, walleye consoles with DNR, et cetera. Um, uh, do you see other roles like this for menfish in the future? Absolutely. Um, the the issue on legislation or, or what, what positions we might take or, or not take um, you know, kind of takes a while to percolate. And, um, uh, you know, we're a formal organization when certainly we don't want to support, uh, you know, an issue that's going to damage our credibility with the, with the legislators or, you know, anything like that. So we take some time in vetting whatever the issue is. And there'll be other issues in other years uh, where we're looking at um, some ideas that uh, have been around or ha- haven't been yet tried. And, and certainly, you know, I'll use a Thomas Jefferson uh, line from the founding of the country, which basically was the states are to be laboratories of democracy. So every state in the United States, or most all of them, have some type of fishing program. Do we know them all, what they're doing innovatively in every state? No, but that's a place, a good place to get ideas from what are they doing in Florida that's helped the kids? What are they doing in Missouri that have gotten uh, people fishing? What are they doing in some of these other states? And there may be things from other states that are being done in fisheries and to improve fishing in those other states that aren't being done here in Minnesota and might might be something we might want to take a look at. Well, indeed. Lots, uh, lots to do there. There's issues like uh, coming up, like the, it's changing the walleye limit from six to four. There's some people want to push for two lines throughout Minnesota. Uh, a lot of issues like that. We kind of we kind of watch and see what's going to happen with those because um, in some cases um, uh, they don't impact a lot of people. But whatever, there's never a dull moment in this game called fishing. Uh, Gary, thank you again for being my guest today on the Minnesota Bound podcast. We we appreciate your your input there, Gary Leaf with the Minfish. And if you want to reach him, go to uh, our website mn-fish.com. And uh, I also want to thank Minnesota Propane, uh, Connecticut, Thousand uh, Thousand Hills Lifetime Grazed, I should say, North Dakota Tourism, and my favorite bank, Star Bank. So. Thank you again, Gary. And remember, folks, introduce a kid to the great outdoors. I'm Ron Sherrill.